0: There's the path to 2022, which is triage right now, like how how, as an individual CEO with what I have available to me, what can I do and not or, but and what is my role in the broader network
1: to join with
0: others to create a better solution down the road? If
1: you're the CEO of a retail chain right now and you cannot and you're not you can't see your path into hitting your quarter results, you're you're into cash. Cash preservation—that is your next task. Yeah, because you you need to survive to get into 2022 mm-hmm. with the hopes that things are going to get better, right? The, and I believe part of this part of the dilemma that we have with supply chain is because everyone was expecting things to be slow. They didn't know how long they did. I I don't think anyone expected that e-commerce would take off so quickly and consumers would adapt that quickly. So they got everybody got caught off guard. Factories slowed down. Shipping, you know, number of ships were reduced. A lot of things that happened out there. And now, and they and, and retailers preserved cash because they didn't know it was coming. All of a sudden, you're scrambling. You're trying to get product in. Your your buyers went out there or you bought over the phone, and you've got it all on those ships. May or may not make it. As retailers entered the lockdown in March 2020, a small, diverse group of Canadian thought leaders gathered to virtually speculate, collaborate, and share their insights on the waves of disruption facing retailers. The Business of Retail podcast emerged as an unflinching strategic alternative to the conventional discourse, revealing challenges in the headlines and exploring new unconventional paths for all facets of the retail industry. Now, here's the panel. Welcome to the business of retail, and uh, I want to introduce uh, our co-hosts here: Gary Newberry, Christine Cowan. It says Retail Insider, but it's real, really Craig Patterson and David Ian Gray. Welcome, everyone. It's been a, a while since we've seen each other. And today's discussion, you know, it's about what happens in the last quarter of this year. You know, everybody's anxious, everybody's nervous. Everybody's waiting to get their supplies, their inventory. Their ship is is somewhere out there coming in. This kind of sounds like something romantic, but it really isn't, is it? Um, but this ship is coming in, and it's got cargo. Are you you know? Are we going to get it this quarter? Are we going to make the quarter? You know. And as a past CEO, you know, my mind is filled with a whole bunch of challenges that I'm faced with. I've got to make that revenue number, but I don't I don't ha- I can't make that revenue number without product. I've got to make sure that I can staff the stores, you know, get the distribution right, you know, make sure that I get every e-commerce channels working pro- properly, you know, get the digital marketing out there because I got to coincide everything with all the product coming in. Challenges are being laid out. And as CEOs, they're probably, you know, really anxious. And if they are anxious, by the way, they should tune in to the business of retail. And to do that, all they have to do is to go to our, our, our website or go to any of one of the channels out there that they like to listen in on and if we're not there just tell us and we'll and we'll get ourselves set up but the challenge today supply chain talent hitting the revenue numbers and cl- clearing the runway to get into 2022 so Gary why don't we turn it over to you here what your, what are your thoughts
2: yeah, I, I mean, the supply chain is really top of mind for many retailers and we had a kind of pre, pre-chat and it was all about, okay, we've ordered it, it's on its way, it's stuck somewhere in in a node, on the ocean, on the truck, on the railway, somewhere it's stuck. How, what do we need to do to free it up? So it comes into our DC, it comes into our distribution center. So then we can use our normal process to get it out to stores and get it up there, promote it, sell it. What happens if it stays stuck for an inordinate amount of time and we don't actually get it until too late for quarter four? Bear in mind for most retailers who have a peak at this time, probably 80% of their gross margin, 80% of their profit is made at this time. So supply chain is top of mind. And I wonder, you know, how how are retailers... they have to rethink this problem. For the last 18 months, they've just been thinking just a few more weeks, just a few more weeks, work harder, guys, firefight. But we have to rethink this. We can't go on doing this. And if quarter four doesn't materialise as a profitable quarter, and if it, worst case, it actually arrives late. So it arrives in January and February. We've now got it. We've paid for it. The money's gone out. We're out of season now. We've got out of season stock. What happens next? So I think that supply chains are, is a massive issue, and it really requires a lot of clever people rethinking this problem.
3: Craig, what are you thinking? 2022, there's so many things. I mean, uh, and I don't want to go through all of them because I know we're going to be discussing it, but uh, one of my thoughts is around uh, getting staff for for businesses, whether or not that's a store or a restaurant. So I do some work with uh, Suzanne Sears at Best Retail Careers. Uh, One of the things I'm hearing right now is is getting employees is extremely challenging in many parts of Canada and beyond. There are more jobs than there are people to fill them. And uh, we've seen situations where people were employed even for extended periods of time in certain retailers and food service businesses, leaving the industry, doing other things, going to school, uh, traveling, uh, enjoying collecting government monies, which is running out on November 23rd, uh, tentatively, unless the governments uh, uh, extend that a little bit. But I think that um, getting the right people to uh, allow a business to operate and expand is going to be a challenge. And we've seen restaurants here with reduced hours uh, in some cases, not even able to open at all, depending on if they can get staff. I think that this is going to be a huge challenge. Another one, which I just thought of off the top of my head here was I for small business month, I've been talking to a lot of smaller uh, retailers, and I I do see a bit of a disconnect around some that are not, uh, you know, keeping up with the future, I think, of electronic social social media or online retail. I think that that's going to be a huge one. Uh, I think that we're seeing the world moving into the future much faster uh, in terms of digital adoption. And there there are certain people out there in business who don't, uh, who are not able to keep up with that, I think, mentally. uh, And I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge as well.
0: Craig, can I go back to your your point about staff. Um, and none of this is unique to retail. Like I think every sector, but, but I think retail and food service is so people centric in how it They both operate that it's, uh, hitting harder there. And the kind of employee base, uh, being a little bit more service oriented, uh, at the front lines, as opposed to say a technology, uh, kind of biggest like a Shopify and that sort of thing but even those tech companies are having an issue and the issue isn't always attracting the people it's retaining them Mm. at all levels including executive and I think part of it is people have been so under uh duress now for a year and a half uh and it keeps going and going and going and uh what I'm hearing and I can't I'm not gonna name names but I've I've heard of execs that have gone right out of retail. Like it used to be a retail exec would just kind of circle around to the next chain, but they're getting out of the sector, Um, you know, all through the system, head office and frontline, there's issues, but it starts with on the inside, like you can find someone who might be really good. Are they going to be around in a year? So you have to look at what's going on inside your, your business. And, um, I think one of the things we'll have to do a deeper dive on in the weeks ahead is this whole notion of how we, uh, how we treat people. And we've done things a certain way for so long, but if everything, everything else is getting disrupted, I think how we compensate, how we reward the kind of work environment people have, um, if we may have to start looking at employees the way we were looking at, at consumers you know, and really having to deeply meet needs. And that'll be a competitive
1: advantage. And David, not to forget that, you know, when you look at the workforce out there, it's divided into three categories, you know, white collar workers, blue collar workers, service workers. You know, so when the service workers are out there, you know, they're hearing, you know, that in the blue collar environment, it's pretty isolated. You know, everybody has to get checked. You know, there's it's a safe place. It's a safe place to work. And then you've got white collar workers who are transi- trans- transitioning to work from home. And you've got service workers who, are in the front lines, they're getting abused. You know, they got stressed. They've got to deliver conversion. They've got to get numbers. They're doing it at a low wage, right now. But and fewer is, staff to help, and fewer <laughs> yeah. staff to, to help. Yeah, and exactly. at the same time, this industry, the retail industry, the restaurant industry, has had, you know, I I, I can't remember off the top of my head the numbers, but but turnover is forty or fifty percent, right? If you top that up with seasonal workers, it's probably even higher. Right, so it's you've got a very transitory, you know, environment to begin with, and you've got all these changes that are happening in the marketplace with the pandemic and low. Well, you know, you got Amazon offering up to twenty-one dollars an hour. Why would you work for thirteen or fourteen dollars an hour or fifteen dollars an hour up front line, right? Part time. Well,
0: and to show you how things interconnect, we're talking about supply chain. Um, if you're motivated by your commission, how frustrated are you when there's no product to sell? Right. Yeah, exactly. you, you have customers in front of you saying they want the thing, and you're saying, "I, I can't get it for you right now." So everything's interconnected in the, in this discussion. But I think those are two good ones. They're tied together. Christine.
4: Yeah. No, I, I definitely think, um, you know, with the great resignation that's happening right now, people are really valuing their. Um, they've reassessed their lives and what they're doing and what their work means to them and what they're willing to do or not do. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to that challenge of getting really good, solid people in the right roles in the right places. And that's going to mean a change in compensation, you know, nurses on the front lines. There's a lot of issues down here in the U S right now where they're just completely burned out. They're you know going to start striking. And, you know, we don't want that to happen, but there's, there's no staff to help there, um, you know, cases of COVID through the roof. And it's just things like that. Like, you know, as much as you're a caring, giving person, like you can only take so much if you feel like you've been just run into the ground. And I think there's a lot of people who have been going through this pandemic in that sector, whether it's in grocery or um, in service, and they're just feeling ground down. And you know what's the light at the end of the tunnel? There, there's less people in the jobs to help them do the jobs, and they're not getting compensated. There's not additional benefits or things like that to help motivate them to want to stay and do a good job. So it's it's really really scary. And then the supply chain piece of it, I think, um, is just a real real challenge. Um, you know, back to what Gary was saying there's no product on the shelves so what happens to the holidays you know you're going to have the holidays in January or February and it's going to be like deep discounts and huge sales and you know a lot of unhappy kids when they can't get that toy that they want
0: so hey uh, hey wait a sec I've always <laughs> said we should be doing Groundhog Day uh, sales promotion so this could be finally
1: <laughs>
4: yeah I'm gonna break
0: for you
1: right, right? <laughs> so I mean Okay, so we're, you know, we're, we're challenged supply chain, we're challenged by 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 Pete, Pete, not the, having the right people or enough people. And you're challenged by the marketplace. But we're also how, so how do you compete in this, right? And one thought that I had was that, you know, you've got to become a retail street fighter again. You know, you got to go back to your grassroots of how to drive business into your stores, and and, and to your e-com plat, uh, platform, because it's going to be tougher out there. You know, if you don't get your inventory, you're going to have to sell what you have. How are you going to market that and get it to and get people to buy from you? And when you do get it, hopefully before you know Boxing Day, you know how do you how do you put it out there? How fast do you communicate? So I think to me, retail street fighting is grassroots, getting back you know to putting people who are in front lines back to our original discussion here, the front lines, getting them in charge, putting them in charge so they actually can sell, and they can actually close a sale, and move faster in making transactions happen. Because that's where the rubber hits the road right now.
0: Well, George, and I think it's also you sell what you can get your hands on to some degree, right? Like, you know, and I think it's being able to be nimble like that. It was funny when in the prep for this discussion, I was thinking that um, the executives really need to do a a deeper look at how they're going to transform a lot of things that are getting disrupted how to organize that and really start to build to 2023 or 2025 and um and as as we started our discussion today i thought no that it, for some they're going to be able to do that but i think for a lot um that's a luxury they don't have and i think you're right i think it's going to be uh scrappy and i think we're going to see a lot of behavior i don't mean from chains that we've come to trust but i mean just upstart examples with people just trying to make a buck I think there's going to be a lot of hustle out there out of pure desperation individuals all the way up to maybe some businesses that form and I think that's going to put a lot of squeeze on on trusted brands and brands trying to do it right
4: I think they're going to, there's going to have to be a lot of like curated options. So it's not like the big, you know, the old days when it was one toy or one thing that was sort of deeply promoted and the big brands are doing huge campaigns around that. There's going to have to be alternatives and solutions. So it's, being nimble to be able to say, well, you know, we have inventory here, we have inventory here, and we have it here. If we can't get that in, what's a plan B, C, D, E, and being really able to market multiple things um, as you go through that cycle. And as inventories wane, you know, how do you entice and bring in alternative options for consumers? And I think that is going to be a really, you know, challenging aspect, but, you know, again, then, you know, I think there's cool and innovative ways that you can market to people to tell stories around multiple things, you know, versus that one shiny object.
0: And we're going to see a ton of crap on the market that consumers are going to get really jaded uh, pretty quickly as well, I think. Yeah. And, that, and again, not necessarily from the trusted guys, but I
2: think people desperate
0: so- to access something, they're going to just click where they see something.
2: I think that's a really interesting point there because uh, I think Christine's right. But instead of saying this is all coming in as planned, so we're designing our promotional campaign, it's going to be what's coming in this week? right, we can shift this out. However, we might imagine with all this sort of uh, extra money in the economy, you know, revenge spending, if it ever happened, that our warehouses are empty. And we're literally waiting for the container to arrive, tip it out, put it in a rack, pick it, send it to a store, promote it. I actually suspect that many of our warehouses are still quite full, quite full of stuff that nobody's actually looked at and said, we should have got rid of this. As soon as we bought it in, we should have got rid of it. It'd be cheaper just to have thrown it straight in the bin. So I, uh, to the point I think you alluded to, David, that there's going to be a lot of stuff being dragged out of the warehouse to populate the shelves, and to Christine's point that we're going to, have to be very nimble about how do we tell a story about this stuff that didn't get sold in the last year, two years, and it's got a layer of dust on it. That's how irrelevant it is, just to make sure we have something available to, uh, at store level for people to come in and at least browse, if not buy. So you I, I got to put
1: something under the Christmas tree, guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So I mean I agree that that is that is the challenge. And at the end of the day, though, the 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 secondary problem is that you you've got to make the year happen. You've got to deliver the results because heading into twenty twenty two, if ah. you don't get the results in this last quarter, where everybody makes or breaks, then you know then you're then you're you got other issues to deal with. And I I'm going to add on. That the Walmarts of the world, the targets of the world, they they've you know tapped into owning their own supply chains. You know, they've got their own cargo ships coming, you know, filled with their inventory, right? So the big guys are going to dominate, you know, online and offline. They're going to dominate the marketplace. And it's going to be a challenge for everyone else. And the to-
4: promotions are happening now. So you yeah. used to call it Christmas creep, and now it's almost like Black Friday creep. Um, Halloween creep. Like I just think October right now, the big, the major brands are trying to capture that and everything on the news is like, get it while you can now, like get in there, buy now, make sure you've secured whatever it is you need for the holidays. And um, they're starting to kind of get not the panic mentality, but just sort of like if you're not prepared and you're not doing it ahead of time, you might be missing out on something.
0: But the good news, but Christine, there's a good news for the sector, which is, Maybe there's less hype about waiting for something to be 80% off.
4: Yeah. And more sure. about
0: get it, which I think is healthier overall, because yeah. that cycle of like deep discounting um, hurt everyone really to, to a large yeah. degree. Right. So that might be a sort of a, I guess, a, a silver lining mm-hmm. this fall um, if people a product to sell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to throw a fly into the ointment though. Uh, I'm going to say a dirty word. Sorry, Craig, I'm stealing this from you. I'm stealing your thunder. It's a dirty word, but the dirty word is stagflation. And this dirty word can really hurt the marketplace. And it could, I mean, it's everybody's talking about it. Every economist talking about it. They're worried. They're they're concerned. They're blaming the the issues with supply chain that are really perpetuating it, right? The inflationary issues, you know. But for stagflation to happen, you need high unemployment you got to have high, higher inflation and, um, you know, and then and slow growth. So it becomes problematic and we need to. And I think I think that's going to be one of the other challenges. The CEOs are going to be looking at heading into 2022, you know, just getting through this year. And what does if that happens, you know, all the wheels come off, then it's a different game completely. Yeah. So what we've done today, um, we've kind of recapped and touched on some of the issues that we believe need to be discussed in greater depth over the next few weeks uh, with our listeners and hopefully provide them with insight and some knowledge and experience that we can share with them to help them get through this quarter and prepare and plan for a stronger 2022. And with that, I want to thank the co-hosts of the business of retail And we are going to end this session today a little earlier because we've got a lot of planning to do for the next few podcasts as we present the uh, the issues a little more in more depth.
4: You have been listening to
1: the Business of Retail podcast, an unflinching strategic alternative to the conventional industry discourse. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please go to www.thebusinessofretail.ca.